From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Any artist who ends up in Nashville has a backstory, a journey. In Isaac Hayden's case, that journey starts on a group of islands off Washington State, continues across the expanses of Wyoming, goes to California before it heads on over to Music City. That's the cross-country part of the journey. Isaac's musical journey sounds like the plot from a movie. He moved to Nashville and got a job as a valet at the Ryman Auditorium, Mecca, home of the Grand Ole Opry, sneaking in during shows to hear the music. Then, just a few years later, he found himself on that stage singing backup for another artist. And it wasn't long after that he released Isaac Hayden, his self-titled album, and things have just kept on moving up. Today, Isaac has picked up his cross-country journey again, passing through Utah on his current tour of the U.S. and Canada. And today is a doubleheader, including being with us on Highway 89 today and then running off for another concert later this evening. Let's kick this off with, how'd you get here? Well, here I sit on this dark Whoa, watching the rising sea And I can't listen But I won't talk Until this wave comes down And crashes on me So I look Up at the darkened sky And I slowly wonder why So many questions, so few answers, and I got so little time. So, how did you get here? I don't know. I'm just following. How did you find me? I don't know, baby, but I did. How can you see me? I don't know. Love, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Well, how much longer till the rain comes to wash you away? Yeah. Yeah. And so we sit and we talk. And I listen while you ramble on About your life Yeah, well, the way I walk And how I'll always sing that same sad song But can't you see, though, what you do to me There's some things I just can't change Now I know Wherever you go You will always be the same So how did you get here? I don't know I'm just following How did you find me? I don't know, baby 
longer till the rain comes to wash you away. How'd you get here? Performed in studio just now live by Isaac Hayden on Highway 89. And we, we're going to talk about music, but Isaac, we have to use music to sort of lead into, we have to know about the San Juan Islands, because I think that's, uh, to lots of us, we think, wow, to grow up on an island, that must have been like the magical experience. It was very magical. <laughs> Incredible. Very small. Uh, it's kind of like Hobbit land. You know, that's how it felt to me as a kid anyway. Small doors and vines in the forest <laughs> and, you know, the docks and fishermen. It was incredible. Well, that last song starts right off, sitting on a dock watching the sea. Is that is that where there's from? Totally. That's one of the first songs I ever wrote. Um, and I wrote it in Florida. And I was thinking about that those days in Washington on the island. And uh, I guess that came out of my subconscious somehow or another. So what takes people to the to the island there? Um, a lot of people go there, I think, for whale watching. You know, there's the orcas and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, my family went there um, for my dad got a job there. And so he, he brought us all up there. And... I mean, orca counting or what kind of <laughs> jobs are there on the... <laughs> he, he was working as a preacher. So, uh -huh. yeah. So he had a congregation there. Yes, he did. Yeah. Now, is this a, was this a kind of a place where fairies are coming and going every day and you go to school that way, or is it more isolated than that? It's a little bit of both. So, you know, the, the island is completely self-contained. There's schools and uh, grocery stores, but there's all, it was a two-hour ferry ride to the mainland. So that's where we went for, like, Costco, big, big trips, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. The bulk shopping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What was that like for you to be able to just look out uh, from the island and be able to see the orcas, to see? Uh, again, that's to me just captures my imagination. Me too as a kid. Um, you know, I, I look back on it now with a, a new perspective. I think then I took a lot of that for granted. Um, but now knowing that I grew up around that environment, I'm very grateful. And I think it, it really influenced my imagination and, you know, the way I see the world now. So, Do you think you'd ever go back? Actually, I am going back the end of end of September to play a couple shows and see a bunch of my high or I guess my middle school and elementary school friends. Um, that <laughs> see I if you seen. all recognize each other. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be crazy. But <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, some of these uh, th these lyrics, like this next song that we're going to hear from your album, is called Emily. Yeah. So, is there an actual Emily, or was that just a musical name? Um. Uh, you know, in the interest of keeping things sort of, uh, you know, clouded in mystery, I guess. It's a little bit of both, but it's more a song about a situation uh, more than an, an actual person. So, uh -huh. yeah. Well, good. We're going to hear Emily from Isaac Hayden. And I could probably spend the entire interview asking about all the questions I want to know about San Juan Island and the Puget Sound and everything up there. But we're going to stick with the music here. So here is Isaac Hayden, and the song is called Emily.
these days I know more than I want to know I've seen heartache and pain and it's hard to let it go But it's always a blessing to see something precious like your smile When you look at me I see innocence It reminds me of the days I had no defense And it's crazy to feel Cause I ain't felt something real for a while Emily, I'm not the one to run to Emily, baby, no, I'm not your kind Emily, I know you're lonely Well, baby, so am I So don't cry So many days have come and gone Since I first saw your face And we sang that song Oh baby, believe me Every detail I still see Even after all These years Emily I'm not the one to run to Emily Baby From the BYU Radio Performance Studio, that was Isaac Hayden playing his song, Emily. Also a track on his 2014 album called Isaac Hayden. Details at IsaacHaydenMusic.com. That Hayden is H-A-Y-D-E-N. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and you're listening to Highway 89. Great voice. Thank you so much. Nice, nice to hear your voice. It just has a little bit of a catch, a little bit of emotion. And I, I do have to ask, uh, you, we were doing some reading on your website about influences. You had a pretty wide range. And uh, I mean, there were people like Stevie Wonder who were like the vocal virtuosos, uh, Cat Stevens, you know, he definitely had his own folk thing. And he was he just like the king of hooks. And then Joni totally. Mitchell, talk about your poetry right. and, and, and being willing to just try all kinds of vocal things. How did, it was just whatever you liked. Is that, how did you hear all these different people? I, I owe all that uh, to my mom. 
I would say. She gave me a box for old records and uh, stuff that she listened to growing up. And I, you know, when my family moved from the island to Wyoming, I didn't have a lot of friends. And so I ended up spending a lot of time in my room listening to these records. So I think it was my mom's way of saying like, you're gonna be okay, you know, just check this out. And so, yeah. So Harry Chapin, uh, you mentioned one tune, A Better Place to Be, that that really hit you. What was it about that tune? That song, it's like a probably like an eight-minute song, and it tells this incredibly detailed story and the emotion that comes through in his writing, um, the way that you can you really feel like you're inside of those characters' shoes. All of there's several characters throughout it, and I felt like I could understand each of their positions. And so, that I don't know that song really gave me the cinematic feel of of music mm. that I love so much now. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Well, you had tried writing before. You'd done a little bit of writing, but then you got to Nashville and you went into the Bluebird Cafe to see what right. is this all about. So talk to us about that experience because lots of us are still, we're waiting for our first time to drop in there. Right. Yeah, it's going to get harder now with the Nashville TV show because there's a line out the door now because of, of that show. But. I went and the first thing I could tell you is I walked in the door and the show had already started. And so I kind of got scolded by the, the workers there. Like, <laughs> But they were very nice and they let me come in and take a seat. And uh, the way it works there is everybody's eating dinner, but there's no talking. And the songwriters sit in the very middle of the room and you just listen to them perform the songs that they've written. And uh, yeah, I, I got to hear an incredible artist that night, Eric Pasley. Mm -hmm. And he, he basically just knocked my socks off. The song he played was so incredible, and his the his uh, emotion and the way he emoted the song was really captivating to me. And so I actually left after one of his songs and went home and started trying to write better songs for myself. <laughs> so so just hearing them, you stood up and walked out and thought, "Okay, I got my I got my homework." I had to, yeah. It was just the bug. That is that is way cool. Uh, you did a lot of writing before this album. I mean, you've been writing since 2009 or so Yeah. for this album. How many songs have you gone through? Oh, man. Well, um, I've, I've probably in those five years, I wrote over 150 songs, I would say. Um, you know, and a lot of them, a lot of them weren't what I was looking for. So, uh -huh. it, but it's nice to have a large pool to draw from. And so that's what I did. Did you ever t get in touch with Eric to say, hey, you inspired me, man? Totally. He became a friend later on, down a couple of years later, randomly, just the group of people I fell in with happened to be friends with him. And so, and now he's blown up. He's pretty popular now. So uh, I don't see him as much anymore, but he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask about uh, mandolin, as we heard you play guitar, and then you've got your mandolin over there for this next one. So that's a whole different tuning. Uh, w when did you pick this up? My friend gave me a mandolin in Nashville maybe three years ago, and I, I don't play it much. What, is that like the welcome basket, welcome to Nashville, here's the mandolin? <laughs> <laughs> or it was a hint saying like, hey, maybe you should try something a little different. I don't know, whatever it was, but... I don't play it very often, but I really enjoy the, it has a different feel, um, you know, it creates a different emotion when you're playing, it seems like, so it's a different tool. Well, we're going to hear you play on this next tune uh, called Before You, 
and we'll yeah. head over. In fact, I think you want to check the tuning on this. But uh, one thing that I think is is pretty cool uh, with Isaac Hayden is posting song lyrics on his website. And you know, if you're if you're Taylor Swift or somebody, you have an army of people who who are creating different websites for you, posting all of your lyrics on there. But uh, that's something Hayden has also done. Isaac Hayden has also done. And we were looking at one thing he posted, uh, a thought that I thought applied to this. It said, your thoughts and your words define your life. Think positively and affirm positive words to enrich your life. And uh, just those mention of words and then posting those words. Uh, I'm a big fan of the lyrics. They matter to me as much as the music. So let's listen. Here is Before You. Look at the stars, feel the world spinning round. I could stay here forever. Take my hand, let the grass paint green on our backs. You were right, this is so much better than whatever I was doing before so much better than where I was before I am better than I was before before you no regrets now that I'm here Something the way that I was before So much better than where I was before I am better than I was before Before you Before You, performed live by Isaac Hayden. He's from Nashville, Tennessee these days. You were listening to us live from our performance studio, BYU Broadcasting. Now, we read that you didn't have your own guitar until college. Right. So were you just borrowing, or how did this work? Well, that's when I started playing, actually. A friend of mine 
played, and so uh, we'd hang out in our dorm, and he would play, and I would sing. And then I went home for Christmas and asked my dad. He had an old guitar in his closet, and he let me take it. Okay. <laughs> so how do you go from that to recording your own songs? Well, uh, it was a meandering process, but I, I basically I loved playing. I loved writing little ditties and different things, and uh, I was playing for maybe three years, and then I, I was playing one day in my room, the door closed like normal, not in front of anybody. And a friend came over to the house, uh, a friend of my roommate, and heard me playing, and he happened to have a recording studio. So he invited me to come and record some of my songs, and I did. And uh, that was my beginning in music. So. so tell us about that experience, though. You show up at a studio. I don't know if this is like in someone's basement or a big place. And then the whole experience of hearing yourself recorded. Yeah, very strange initially. You know, you feel really self-conscious and kind of vulnerable. Um, but he was a great guy and made fun of me a lot. And so kind of, you know, <laughs> made me feel at ease. Um, but yeah, it was in his basement in a, in a house, and I recorded in the bathroom. Uh, he turned it into a vocal booth. and Well, we all think we sound better in the shower. That's so. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that built-in reverb. Yeah. So then you end up with a few songs recorded. And then what? Did you say, hey, Grandma, happy birthday? Or did you just <laughs> set up a, a lemonade stand and CDs? Or what then? Well, uh, that's a good idea, actually. I should have done that. But it turns out my friend who I recorded with had another friend who was a producer and had even more equipment and more resources. And he gave that CD to him, and he enjoyed it. And so he invited me to come. And we actually recorded two full-length albums together um, that I have kind of stashed away. Now you can't really find them anywhere online or anywhere else. But, um, yeah, that, and the, you know, that led to other things. So, yeah. And then expanding just a bit, I did want to ask you about collaboration because you, you've talked about stuff you've learned from the people you worked with. Uh, one guy, Jared Neal, you talked about influencing you on structuring your songs so they fit with the band. Right. So how was that different from being a solo performer? I think when you're on a stage by yourself, uh, a song, um, to keep a song interesting, you have to do different things with it than maybe you normally would when you have a, a group of musicians behind you. And so that to me was sort of foreign in terms of live performance. Uh, how do these songs translate with a band? And he, he was very, very helpful and just little little subtleties, but they make all the difference in the world. Well, is it is it that you leave room for them to do stuff that you don't have to feel yourself? That's a that's a huge part of it, certainly, yeah. Because I I overplay, I play too much when I'm by myself because I have to fill up more space. <laughs> so you're totally right, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Because the credits on your album show keys and accordion, pedal steel and dobro, horns, violin and string arrangements, cello, electric guitar, backup vocals, <laughs> drums, percussion, bass. Yeah, you're leaving plenty of room, it right. sounds like. Yeah. Or, yeah, not much room left after all that. But That must be so uh, thrilling, though, to, to hear that final product. It was, it's, yeah, it was an incredible process. Um, and we took two years to really fine-tune it. We didn't really know what we wanted the songs to sound like. And so we experimented and had fun with it. And uh, I, I really liked what we came up with, so... Well, we're going to hear an another one, and yes. uh, actually we're going to show you here as the triple threat, quadruple threat, whatever, we're going to put you on piano now. Uh, and uh, I don't know what this song is about yet, 
but I definitely know it's called Maybe. Lover, tell me a story now. The hour is late and I grow tired. It's been a while since you came around. It's a hard thing to say, but I say it now with pride. I don't know much about the weight of the world, but I know it's what made you fly. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm lost without you. You said that I'd be fine. But I'm tired and scared and lonesome without you. If we just make it through tonight, then tomorrow I'll come clean. And maybe you won't leave. I still remember the day after you'd gone. I caught myself reaching for you there. I slipped under cover in a world gone wrong, fighting to breathe and struggling to care. But I never knew about the weight of the after you said goodbye, oh, maybe, maybe I'm lost without you. You said that I'd be fine, but I'm tired and scared and lonesome without you. If we just make it through tonight Then tomorrow I'll come clean Tell you everything that I'm feeling How you're the only one I need Oh yeah, maybe, maybe Whoa. Lover, tell me a story now The hour is late and I grow tired That's Maybe, performed live by Isaac Hayden, singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee, currently on tour and stopping by to sing for us here on Highway 89. Man, the, that that line, uh, I never knew about the weight of the world till after you said goodbye. <laughs> I mean, everybody goes through that experience at some point, I guess. And man, 
yeah. Right there, right there in the heart. Beautiful line. Thank you. Uh, you moved with your family from the San Juan Islands when you were 13 to Wyoming. Now, some people who love the ocean and everything might think, wow, that was a downgrade. <laughs> but you love Wyoming like crazy. Yes, I do. Do you live right? Did you move right to Jackson, or or, or where do you? Yep, you we live? we lived right, moved right to Jackson, Jackson Hole as they mm-hmm. call it, uh, yeah. right right in the town there, and found a little spot, and that's it. <laughs> and the rest is this. We're talking where you're setting up, and you said, "Well, yeah, I used to. I once had to play like four hour gigs while people were eating at the Mangy Moose." Right. Yes. <laughs> what a great name. It's a great name. Great venue. <laughs> so, well. uh, and that was doing cover tunes. So you have done a lot of cover tunes in your life to fill four hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. But it must be really satisfying to do your originals. Certainly. Anytime that there are people who are willing to listen to original music, uh, for me, it's a great honor. I'm always very grateful for that opportunity. It, but learning the cover songs was really helpful as well to learn about the structure of music, you know, mm. like when you learn Oasis's Wonderwall, that's a great song. So the way that they structured it, that was a learning experience to me. It was like learning those songs, kind of like going to college for songwriting in a sense. Yeah, I don't think people know that, that that's kind of the apprenticeship. It's one way to do it. To, for sure. To yeah. really get good experience. Now, I, we're directing this a certain way because <laughs> when you walked in, we said, we want to throw an extra song in here. Right. But but first, tell me the great things about Wyoming. I mean, I see pictures of you playing your guitar on, on the side of a mountain lake. <laughs> You're standing up to your uh, to your calves in right. a, what I know has got to be a freezing mountain stream. Yes, it's always very cold up so there. So just like. tell me the stuff you love about Wyoming. Well, it's it's a very unique, one of a kind place. I haven't traveled all over the world, but I've been around uh, to a few places and especially around America. And it's, it's very dramatic. The scenery, the Grand Tetons are incredibly breathtaking. And, uh, as soon as you see them, it kind of just puts you in your place a little bit and you mm. feel like, wow, this is God's country, you know? And I just love it. Every time I go there, there's beauty and inspiration all around you is how I feel. And if you've gotten to head north to Yellowstone a little? Yes, a little bit. I actually just drove through there, and it's it's a beautiful place. I can see why it's such a world destination. Mm. Okay, well, you were, we're so glad that you take requests. We'll throw some money in your guitar case, and <laughs> okay. let's hear you do Wyoming right now. The, uh, one of, uh, the chorus to this has a, some of my favorite lines. Listen to the poetry in this. It's so Western, but do the cowboys still roll through? Do the Rockies swallow the moon? Do the Cheyenne winds still blow? This is Wyoming. How you been? Good old Wyoming It's been a while Since I seen Your sky so blue Some days I cry But usually I wonder why I ever Left you Do the cowboys still roll through? Do the Rockies swallow the moon? Do the shine 
Very nice. That's Wyoming, performed in studio by Isaac Hayden on Highway 89. Man, you know, music doesn't exist all by itself. We tie it to people. We tie it to events. We tie it, as we just heard, to places. And I mean, as a kid, I rode I rode my bike through Star Valley and Jackson up through through Yellowstone with my dad, camping uh, with our tents and our our back our backpacks on our bikes and wow. everything cooking as we went we, we didn't kill our own buffalo but we stopped and got dehydrated food and water okay. but man i just have my whole vocabulary of images coming back and they're totally different than yours probably but still just so meaningful awesome so i'm waiting for the wyoming state chamber of commerce to call and say where's this song been <laughs> that would be yeah incredible yeah we'll talk to him we'll talk okay. to him we have so much pull with thanks him. steve <laughs> so you you knew you played, you knew you loved to play, you knew you loved music, and people told you they liked to hear you sing. And at one point, you had to make the decision, am I going to go for this? I, moving to Nashville sounds like you definitely made that decision. Right. Um, 
Yeah, well, fortunately, like you said, it, it's very helpful to get feedback from people and especially from people that you respect uh, in the industry. And so I had a good friend in Nashville who happened to marry my babysitter from when I lived on San Juan Island. And uh, <laughs> he became a Grammy-winning mixing engineer. And so when I recorded those first couple albums, they found their way to him. And we started a dialogue, and I started sending him my songs as I would write them, and he would kind of say, like, well, you know, that's not a great song, really. Maybe try something different. Or, hey, that's a great idea. And that really helped me kind of focus my where I was trying to go with songwriting and ultimately get up the nerve to move to Nashville. Well, it seems like you decided, I'm going to do what I have to do to learn about this and to keep getting better. Definitely. And Nashville's a great place to learn about songwriting. So nobody makes you wake up and do this. It's not like if someone's going to call and, and you'll get fired as a songwriter if you haven't punched in at 10 o'clock. So Just, uh, how do you do that for yourself? Yeah, right. Uh, still, still working on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's uh, every day trying to just advance as a human being. I think that is helpful for me if I have something to go toward as a person. I love music, and so it, it automatically they feed into each other. And if I'm doing well as a person, it seems like I do better trying to write songs as well. You posted, uh, I think it was on Facebook, where you posted this picture, kind of the setup for the show, the the unglamorous part. There's the empty auditorium and the mics there, and people are plugging in chords. But it is the Ryman Auditorium for Grand Ole Opry. Right. So what was that like when you showed up there? So you're singing backup for a friend, it sounds like. It was actually an artist named Damien Rice. Uh -huh. So I can't claim him as a friend, um, but he's a superstar. And he's certainly a someone I look up to as a musician and songwriter. Uh, and I got thrown into the hat by one of his friends or something or other. But it was incredible to walk. We came in through the back door. Uh, this alley, you know, it's, it smells terrible. It's right behind Tootsie's, the world-famous bar. And... Uh, <laughs> It was really cool. We we got to go into the auditorium and sing and do a run through, and you know people are sweeping up from the night before and getting everything set up. But you know the way that place is built, it used to be a church, wasn't it? A church first, I believe so. Because it almost looks like the pews. Yeah, it's you know, all pews. They come there to to worship music or whatever to commune together. But they call it's it the a... Holy Church, the the Mother yeah. Church. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it just it looks like it gives even the people who come to listen a different kind of experience, the, just the way the seating is. Definitely. And, the, and also the, uh, you know, the name and the history and the mythology behind the rhyme, and you walk in and you kind of feel the tingly feeling. And so it all works together for a magical experience. <laughs> well, I read that, in, uh, that at least some time ago, you were asked about a future dream. This included surfing and Fiji. Yeah. Is that still in, still in the future dream? Totally. I would love to go to is Fiji. Is it the island or, thing, or is it just a, maybe a cool so. place? Yeah, I, I think I'm drawn to the to the ocean, to water, and Fiji's really warm, so I don't know. It seemed like a cool place to go. <laughs> Why not? Send <laughs> yeah. us a postcard. Okay, well. Uh, so set up this next song for us. It's an, a newer song. It wasn't on your self-titled album, but I'm guessing this is maybe going to be on a future future release. I hope so, yes. I wrote this song with my friend, his name's Sam Brooker, and he he is a part of a really great folk duo called Sam and Ruby. 
And uh, Sam also gave me my first break in Nashville, signed me to an artist development and publishing deal with his company, Artist Revolution Records. And so we wrote this song together. And yeah, it's called A Place to Stand. Nice, let's hear it. All right. So here's Isaac Hayden live on Highway 89, a song that's not yet found a place on an album release, but may in the future. And remember, folks, you heard it here first. Where would I go if I didn't have you to love me? What would I do if I couldn't reach out for your hand? I remember being alone in a crowded room Where every other soul had someone to be next to I was always on the move Till you gave me a place to stand Baby, you've always known that loving me wouldn't be Place to Stand on Highway 89. That concludes our visit with singer-songwriter Isaac Hayden. Currently lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Got there by way of Wyoming and San Juan Islands. Fiji's still in the future. Isaac Hayden's tour dates, his music, and information about his upcoming projects is all online at www.isaachaydenmusic.com. H-A-Y-D-E-N. Isaac, thank you for singing for us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Well, good, and we wish you well. I know you're taking right off for another show tonight. Yes, 
For all our listeners at home, you never have to miss an installment of the show. Everything is archived online and on demand at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYUH89 for live show updates, information about upcoming shows, and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistant is Abby Horlocker. And the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. 